0: Hello and welcome to Renaissance Podcast. This is episode seven. Um, I'm joined this week by Sylvia Lupu, CEO of Hikaru Capital in New York. Um, For a bit of context, listeners, Sylvia and I uh, connected quite recently um, after my last podcast, which for those of you who watched or listened to it, um, we Ash Martis and I, my guest, talked a lot about democratizing access to capital in the startup world. We talked a lot about underrepresented founders, of which females are a huge, uh, a huge element. Um, so Sylvia reached out to me and 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 you know was was interested in the message and interested in the mission. So we got talking, and and she gave me a lot of um, a bit of a better understanding of how. Um, passionate she is about female empowerment within the investment industry and within the startup industry as well. So, wanted to have her on um, as quickly as possible so that we could talk about this because I think it's a very important topic and ties into a lot of what my firm is involved in, um, a lot of what our partners are involved in and our mission generally. Um, so, Sylvia, welcome. Hello.
1: Hello. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for taking time today. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. I am as well. Um, so just so we can get to know you a little bit, um, would you mind giving us a little an understanding of your your kind of life story when you were younger, like where you came from, um, what your story is, what motivated to get you into the industry to start with?
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm a finance person, so usually I would structure it in numbers. That, that's <laughs> how it comes easier for me. So I... I come originally from Ukraine. That's This is where I was born and raised. I speak six languages. I lived in six different countries across three continents. Uh, I have about 10 years of experience in the financial and investment industry. Uh, mainly it comes from, I, I had a, I had the honor to work for the largest asset manager in the world and then for a top consultancy company as well. So my experience comes from the corporate environment. Um, uh, if I had to count, probably I, I managed the portfolio above one billion assets under management. Uh, this is related to private equity, real estate investments. And uh, I don't know it was a, if it
0: is a, it was a blackstone, right?
1: That was with Blackstone. That's correct. And the big four company was a KPMG. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know if it is a good or a bad thing, but I only turned twenty eight years old like two days ago. So wow. Um, uh, with, with 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 this uh with this pace, sometimes I'm facing challenges because probably it doesn't inspire credibility. On the other side, someone found it very motivating. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and if I, I have I... just
0: i i can so. empathize i have um i feel like when you're in your twenties like it's try it's difficult to get people to take you seriously um I, I think everyone goes through the same thing like you always want to like sometimes you want to run before you can crawl, but also like when you know you can run, trying to get people to to believe that um that when they still think you they still have this kind of antiquated view that you have to pay your dues still um which may or may not be true. Um, but I, I can understand, but don't, no, don't worry. Do your, your age. No, no, more... no,
1: imagine, imagine being on your twenties, being a woman in the investment industry. <laughs>
0: we we can get onto the difficulties of that, um, <laughs> shortly. Um, how, um, let, let, let's hear a little, so you speak, so you speak six languages. What, what languages do you speak and how was it growing up in Ukraine as well?
1: Absolutely. So uh, I was born in a very small village in southern Ukraine, which is uh, close to Romanian borders. So basically, in my family, I speak Romanian by default. When you go out in the city, you will speak Russian because this is like this is the primary language. But when you go to school, you are obliged to learn Ukrainian language and to pass your exams in Ukrainian. So this is uh, and then you have a foreign language, which in my case was French. Um, then uh, along my uh, along my path, like I had to go to get a degree, I realized I don't speak English, so I had to study <laughs> English as well. Well, that was a funny story, so I will I uh, will definitely share that with you. Um, and uh, my family lived for almost the entire life in Italy, so I had to learn Italian as well. Wow. So these are the six languages. Yeah.
0: Wow, a true polyglot! My goodness, <laughs> incredible stuff. So when did you make your way? When did you start in the industry? Did you start in in Europe?
1: Uh, Yes, yes, exactly. So basically, of course, I had no idea about the investment banking investment industry at all. Um, I had to go uh, back in 2013 when I had to get my degree. I, I was supposed to go to a university in Kiev, but this is when actually the first protest started. This is when the first revolution started. And unfortunately, students were the most affected at the time. So being like close to Romania, uh, going for a degree in Romania was a second option, most accessible in my case. Uh, and I went, uh, well, I, I was kind of forced to go for uh, in there. Uh, I went to study international business. Without knowing a proper academic Romanian and without speaking any English, um, <laughs> international business, right? Um, well, <laughs> and at that time, uh, well, I realized like I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna finish this degree ever. Uh, so, uh, and I had to come up with the solution. And the second, sol- and the first solution was actually to to go to UK to learn the language first. So this is when I lived in the UK for two years. I did kind of an undergrad degree first, like a prep courses for English. And then I went introduction in business. I came back to Romania to finish my degrees. And I actually got hired by KPMG on my final years uh, of, of studies um, this is when I started to find out, oh, okay, financial industry, okay, investment banking and so on, but that was very basic, but I would say this is when I first found out about the industry
0: understood, so you joined k p m g and then you started get i presume you got quite a lot of exposure to different industries there as you do in a in a big four consulting firm and and you you kind of honed in on investment banking from there.
1: Yes, so I started to explore, so I was exposed to many different industries, but mm. I, I, I've seen a particular interest first in the real estate industry. Right. Uh, then it kind of flown, okay, so real estate, how it can be structured. So, okay, there can be a real estate investment fund, what an investment fund means, and that's where I discovered, okay, so there can be also private equity, there can be venture capital, there can be different type of industries. So, and, and then. After that, I made a transition to uh, KPMG Luxembourg. Well, Luxembourg is quite known for the investment industry, uh, and this is when I was primarily focused on investment funds. About I found I found out about Blackstone, and of course, like they being the biggest, it became my dream. Well, I need to get there. <laughs> of course, it is a challenge. This is like a company which won't hire right away. Like the hiring process is crazy and is challenging and you normally need to have an Ivy League degree. You normally yeah. need to 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 be at a certain level to get hired. And well, I, I, I think it woke up that ambition to me. So, and now I want to spread the word. And for this reason, I'm doing a lot of female empowerment just to show that, okay, listen, you don't need an Ivy League degree. You don't necessarily need to come from a certain background and you don't need to have English, your primary language to make it through.
0: Yeah, you just need passion and hard work and be dedicated enough to want it yeah. enough. I guess um, the
1: discipline. Yeah.
0: Let that be a lesson to all of you first language English speakers out there who aren't working hard enough.
1: <laughs> it can be
0: done. Um, okay, so from there, how did you end up in the States then? You're in New York now, so what what was the link to getting to New York? Um tell us tell us about that.
1: Sure, I think growing up in Europe, US is always always seems like very attractive market, and For I, sure. I, I was I, I was always a dream of mine to be in the US. Um, then, but I, I I visualized it completely different. I thought I would be in a corporate environment, but in the meantime, like especially COVID, I think it had a huge impact. I realized that okay. I don't really want to go corporate way. Is there mm-hmm. another way I can make it through? And it happened that I, I met some great people um, in uh, based in the Middle East, in Dubai, which uh, they asked me to incorporate the venture venture fund based in there to coordinate, to support them with their startups. Uh, to basically launch their own VC fund, and and they used to develop some in, some internal projects. So I helped them also to with with the management of the project. So this was my transition from uh, corporate to entrepreneurial um, right, environment.
0: Right. So and, you started getting more exposure to early stage venture, therefore more kind of early stage founders, entrepreneurs.
1: Exactly. And I think that was the very first touch about, well, I knew very little about the VC industry, which is, in fact, amazing, which is like huge. Uh, and this is uh, and about we had an agreement for a one year contract. So the one year contract ended. I had the option either to like go back to Europe, stay there or move to the U.S. So I said, yeah, this should be the time I should go to the U.S., and uh, here I incorporated my consultancy company where I'm uh, supporting various venture funds, real estate funds, uh, private equity funds with the, like from the setup to management of the assets, investments, and
0: so on. Right. Amazing. Um, so, I mean, I, it sounds like you flew like from, like from just building and like starting to understand venture to building a network to understanding how you could be valuable from maybe like, context of a, of a later stage asset class background to earlier stage like where companies need to get to what they need to look like later on and then being able to add those kind of skills to to a founder who's really got no exposure to that whatsoever
1: exactly and that applies for the for the venture funds and there applies for founders as well so how would that successful business look like and working backwards from there so okay yeah,
0: exactly yeah yeah, very good. Very good. It makes a lot of sense. Um, cool. So, um, let's go into like maybe what experiences you've had. I mean, I know you said like you powered through like supposedly, you know, people may frame it as being discriminated against um as a woman or find it more difficult to get on as a woman. Obviously that wasn't the case necessarily for you because you worked through it, but what experiences have you had, what things have you seen um like as as a woman have you had any negative experiences of discrimination in in financial services have you seen other people have these experiences is there really a glass ceiling um for women and like is that even like definable as a thing or is it just a subtle undertone throughout the industry that there's really only so far women can go
1: Right. Well, speaking about investment banking and financial industry, this is um, so the, the, I guess the industry is very broad. So in the financial mm-hmm. investment industry, I cannot complain too much about Europe. Europe seems to be very like um, open to both female and male, although you sometimes feel lonely because, in fact, in reality, there are much less women. And I was even posting about that, saying that it's just like, it's not even about the discrimination, but the fact that, for example, at the London Stock Exchange, women were allowed to work like 50 years ago. Just because there were a specific etiquette, there was a specific uh, outfit which you had to wear, like, you Mm. know, those tall hats, which were just (laughs) like on the front. Which were specific for men. So this is the stereotype, I think, and these stereotypes go, goes goes along the way. So women were allowed to break into industry fifty years ago. Of course, there will be much less than men. Well, when you speak about venture fund and entrepreneurship and as a founder, um, here this is a one of the riskiest industries, I would say, yeah. and and and. Like as, as a as a VC, you have to take a lot of risk investing in early stage uh, businesses. And as a founder, you need a lot to take a lot of risk to build that business. And, yeah. and this is something um, more specific to men rather than women, I would say. Women are overthinking, women are like... Fortunately, there is a lot of imposter syndrome still. So when we overthink when we like uh reevaluate, reassess, think that we are not good enough, we're not gonna make it through. So again, so there are two different uh mm. two different ways of looking at it. Yeah.
0: Mm. So you think it's more it's as much about how the female mind works as opposed as, as as well as well as or maybe more so than the environment not being set up to to nurture them, would you say?
1: I guess the the two of them. So first is like, and, and the funny thing is like having observed like how it works in Europe, Middle East, and the U.S. There are huge hmm. difference between female mentality and mentoring them. For example, um, in uh, well in Europe, I, I think it's just a matter of you want it or you don't want to make it. So you have you don't have too much support, but you also have less barriers. In Middle East, I could notice women need much more empowerment. They are like, and it's like, depending on the cultural values. So you need to, to motivate them. You need to empower them. You need to kind of invest much more in their soft skills. But when I came to the US, I was surprised to see that actually women are so motivated and they don't really need any motivation in here. What they need, they need the tools. They need the instructions. Just tell them, they're just like, the time a woman decided to quit, let's say a comfortable job, nine to five job, well paid. Mm. She's got a lot of motivation. She's got her pockets full of motivation. So she doesn't (laughs) need that. All she needs is just tell me what I have to do. Give me a guidance. So, so this is like a completely different, uh, it's a completely different mentality. And I think we are at the different pathways. Also the system, I think, um, well, I, this is my personal opinion, but I think sometimes women empowerment events don't really help as much as they they would want to. Like, because I feel like through women empowerment events, like women are isolated, and they, uh, you know, they are brought all together speaking about the challenges, which is great. Mm-hmm. They speak about the challenges they undergo, but when they step out of that women empowerment cycle and they go to a real business. They understand that the reality is completely different. It's like yeah. uh they fight uh they, they fight and they do business against men. And and, and it's like you don't have any more someone saying uh you can do it, you can do it. No, you have to be motivated and to, to get through. So I yeah, guess there are sure. both components.
0: Yeah, i I think I think this this is always the case with like empowerment events of any kind, like whether it's Women or black founders or pride, like whatever it is, whenever it's like a minority group in some sense, like you, all, you always get people attaching themselves to these messages, like governments, politicians, large corporations, whatever people who are trying to improve their own image and therefore saying, "Ah, oh, look how much we care about these people." Um, <laughs> like it's this, and this is the problem with it because the as you say, like the way these events are structured, it's always like, Oh, look at these people, you know, good for them. Like, look, you know, let's, let's all support them on, on their journey and blah, blah, blah. But also in my, in my mind, it it often like when you're talking about business, like business is just about getting shit done and it's competitive. Like any, at the end of the day, if you're good at it, you will succeed. Like any, you learn from your lessons, you get, you keep going, you're good at it. You will succeed regardless of who you are, what you are whatever um but when you put people in a category and make them to be different than everyone else and and like that alienation almost like self-alienation it can be like it almost like it takes away from the actual work that they're trying to do like it takes away from like it's like from like what company they're trying to build or what investments are trying to, whatever it is like it, it can take away from that kind of message yeah, I, could, um, I
1: couldn't agree more with that absolutely absolutely so you just like uh, you you are giving the uh, image that is going to be fine you will be good but in reality it's not good like you're going to yeah. do bad and you it will it's going to look cringy and if you're going to do some social media or anything content you're probably going to get one or two likes from your best friend you may not even get those it's going to be so bad and you'll be judged and you'll be you know like you'll be laughed at but that's the journey. That that's what that's the risk you take, and that's how you build a successful business. It's not about everything is going to be fine. No, it's not going to be. The reality is not going to be at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, do you think? Um, do you, I mean how do you, how do you I mean how how do you empower women? Like I mean how do you how do you think the best way to do that is? Women are underrepresented in in a lot of senior positions um and under very much underrepresented in in the investment community for sure but and also get comparatively significantly less funding as founders than men do um do you think there is bias that goes on do you think there's conscious bias that goes on in these in these processes um or do you think it just comes down to ability
1: Right. Well, it's also a lot, maybe like very, um, it's a lot based on my experience as well. So I didn't have an excuse, right? Nobody asked me to go and to do the things. I accepted the challenge. So I'm more of a practical person. So I guess when it comes to pure empowerment, I may not be the best person, but I can give like actionable steps. And of course, like the first feeling is like, okay, you want to blame the system. Something does something wrong for you. So you can either blame the system and say, okay, we don't have the infrastructure and we don't have the support, or you can just take what you have and try to build from there. Mm -hmm. And and that's where I I guess I'm standing at. And that's why I'm saying, okay, so we need to accept the reality. This is the reality. For example... For example, there were, like, last year, there were less than 3% funding from the VCs granted to female founders. This is disproportionate. Why? There is also, the worst is actually there is no reason. Like, there are no even stats to say if there were, like, less women pitching or there were less females in business. But there is just a stat saying that, uh around 40 42% of small businesses are owned by female founders so mm-hmm. there are women in business but they get le- get less funding mm. uh, I, i've noticed so many um so many businesses with social impact when it comes about the female so they, they because women are still seen more, more vulnerable uh when it comes about uh, social impact projects these are the ones which which get more funding, so I usually um, encourage them to find some social impact in it, just to make it through, so you need to find the tools to make it through, then you can readjust, then you can readapt your business, Uh, I guess um, or uh, just walking through, uh, encouraging uh, by the way, so there is like, empowering community and networking are completely different things, so I am going out and networking with like-minded people, let's say and specifically man founders you know like to share the same thoughts to just get the feedback on your product to see what other people do because normally you're just one contact away from making it through so just going there networking uh getting feedbacks. this is something i'm 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 trying to i'm trying to tell them and to to educate on
0: yeah okay good um and Yeah, I mean, I guess what, how do you see this like developing moving forward? But how, I mean, how do you think it's, do you think it's going to change or do you think because of man's uh, natural inclination towards taking risks, as you argue, more so than women, um, do you feel it will always be more of a male dominated environment?
1: well look uh, my personal again, my personal opinion is that definitely not the women empowerment communities will change the system to me, what has to be changed is actually the educational system so instead of like because all our like fears and the risk tolerance and so on, they come from childhood so when you get someone at the point they want to start a business they already had some habits built they already went through some personal experiences changing at that level is very difficult if not impossible you need to change, like, at early stage. I, I guess what can change is just, like, introducing more business-related subjects in school, educating, uh, financial education, business education, even women empowerment at that level. Even I think it will definitely change, but apparently it needs, like, at least in the financial industry, for, for to close the pay gap between men and women. They were saying that we need another 100 years. For that to happen, <laughs> in Europe this is like much closer, but worldwide you need about hundred years. There are lots of uh, good initiatives, but I guess I guess changing it at the early stage, because at the later stage, like usually, if a woman goes to that event, she already has it. She already she is already at the point where she doesn't need empowerment. She needs the tools. She needs the direction to to look forward. And yeah I guess i i hope I hope it will change, and I see lots of initiatives trying to change it
0: right. cool cool, cool, cool so what do you tell- tell us a little bit more about like your focus at the moment? I mean, obviously, we're in a pretty tough fundraising climate for particularly for early stage companies um what are your focuses like industry wise like how have you been? battling through the environment recently um and what are your what are your thoughts on what happens next um across the industry um and do you see that as potentially creating opportunities for women maybe um to to do things a little bit differently um so that perhaps we and maybe sure. avoid, avoid some of the risks that, that bring us into these situations in the first place.
1: Right. So I, I may be repeating myself, but what I see in the industry, there are two trends. So first, the technological trend. And the second is about the environmental, like social impact, whatever is linked to ESG, environment, social governance. Mm -hmm. So these two two fields are dominated while, let's say, there is a lot of buzz around AI, right? Do you really need an AI? And then this is where the funding goes. Well, what I'm saying, usually at the very early stage, VCs will not even invest in AI projects It's just because AI is an evolution of technology and everyone expects AI to be like business as usual in couple of years time. So just building an AI, pure AI project doesn't make you successful. Um, while building, coming up with a creative or unique concept or idea, incorporating some AI in it, this is something different. This is something a VC will look like because you bring in efficiency, you bring in different perspective. While on the other hand, you have the social impact. So if and if you manage to combine the social with AI with some unique concept, this is amazing. I see this is this is where the funding is going nowadays. And well, when I was saying I will repeat myself, is women are building a lot of projects with social impact. It can be like um, gender gaps, it can be just like linked to the planet, to climate, mm-hmm. and so on. So, this is when I see more women tackling it, and this is great. So, if they can get and you know, as a founder, you don't really need to be good at everything. You don't need to be tech. You don't need to be like, you know, an expert in that. But you can always, I think as a suggestion, I know it's not the best one, but probably having a um, a male co-founder may help in the first place. If you are first time in the business, you know, or having a CTO if you are not good at tech and just trying to take all these trends and all these, you know, like all the pieces them in one project and getting the right team i think this is how you can make it
0: through. sure so more collaborative environment between everybody
1: exactly exactly just getting the right skills just like you have a great idea right you are at the very beginning you you have a you have an idea you but you realize i'm not tech i'm not i don't have specific skills just Try to go out, even like, again, networking, communities, do some researches. There are also lots of websites with find your co-founder or yeah. find your team. And just like putting together the right resources may help you to, to build a business.
0: Yeah, make it more about the skills and remove the ego Um and make it more about the skills and oh,
1: like whether, the that, ego whether
0: it's male, female, or whatever it may be
1: exactly exactly i i like the ego part because i see like so many businesses failing because of this and at so many levels like ego either they do not understand that there is no so i know founders hate it but product market fit is really important just understanding there is a market for your product there are Mm. customers there is a market in general but does it need your product this yeah. I think this is a very important one. So this is when the ego comes in place when like Fonda thinks, No, I'll make it. I'm I'm sure I know, but without listening to the feedback. Or there can be um I don't know what an investor saying, Look, based on my experience, this doesn't go well. You need to change it. Or you need some resources, or you need less resources, it can happen as well. Like there is a bunch of like people coming together, too many feedbacks, it just doesn't move forward. It's just like you're getting stuck. So I think Step stepping out a bit, looking at the big picture, leaving your ego aside for a moment, I think that can help you scale much faster.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent. I agree. Um yeah, I think what you what you're talking about is like when when you when somebody develops a technology and like they're a true innovator, but they've built something beautiful, but it's like, can you actually build a business out of this? And but they're so attached to it that's the only way to get it anywhere. Unfortunately, that's the way things are. The only way to get it anywhere is if you can build a business out of it. Um, like you know, there there therein lies the the kind of that magic source in a good founder who can develop a product, but at develop some beautiful technology, but actually have a real use case for it that you can take to the market and grow a business out of.
1: Absolutely, absolutely couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm stressing out on the funding part because this. I see this is like uh, the challenge. Which which many founders, so you need money to build it out like you mm. can you can you can, you can bootstrap it, but many businesses need money, and sometimes they just uh well, as you mentioned so though they go to investors and and they don't understand or they don't want to understand what's going wrong, or they don't understand how an investor thinks thinks probably yeah. and this is a big challenge, so you need to make it profitable. And and you really need to understand if you need a VC in your business, because like VC, they are like investment funds and they are looking for margins. They are looking for returns. If yeah. you are at the early stage, you are attached to your idea, as you mentioned, you just love your project. Don't go to a VC because he's going to ask for your financials. And and that's something you don't want, you don't have, you don't want to have at this stage. You want to work on idea go to an angel, go to your friend, family, friends, just pitch your idea, get some feedback, understand. Is it something cool? Is it really ask for a constructive feedback, not just support and empowerment? Or
0: or even, you know, get some grant funding, you know, get get people who are interested in investing in pure R&D. Go down that route. Depending on which country you're in, there are a lot of options available. Absolutely. Um, And then, yeah putting together the right the right skill sets later on to build it into a business if that's indeed the way that you want to go
1: absolutely um,
0: so yeah so this um this has been a really interesting conversation i really appreciate your perspective like i do appreciate like the probably the hypocrisy which it seems like being a being a man like having this conversation with you like in about female empowerment primarily um and i'm conscious of not being patronizing or anything like that. Like I think it's just an interesting topic um, and I really appreciate your viewpoints on it. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story. Um, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for, for listening to that. It was actually the very first podcast for me about personal story and uh, happy to share that with you. Thank
0: you. I think it's always interesting. Um, I think for people, outside of industries or young people like it's good for empowering young people and inspiring them um on understanding your stories understanding what different people go through understanding that a lot of barriers that we put up in our own minds are only in our own minds if you really want to do something and you apply yourself it can be done
1: well chris you're working in a similar you're practicing in a similar industry so what like to end it like what advice can we give probably to those who want to start but haven't or like having a job right now, right? They and they are afraid. I'm, I'm curious. I just came up now, like because we focused on founders. What about those who just want to break into it?
0: it you mean as a founder or as or? As a,
1: or... Yeah, more as a full-time employee. You just have an idea. You just like so risky, so dangerous. I can't make it. Like,
0: well, I, I was think like... I think like the way I always see it is. I mean, I I worked for other companies for for like ten eight ten years before I started working like on my own, and now i this is the first time in the last year that I've had fully my own company my the way I've always looked at it is you can always go back right you can always go back to working for somebody else if it doesn't work. You will always regret doing and and I can tell you from somebody who's who hires people. Like and and I have a a lot of experience in recruiting people. Like I can tell you that no one is ever gonna hold it against you. No hiring manager is ever gonna hold it against you for going and trying to do something yourself. They're never gonna say, Oh, you work for other companies, you've gone and tried something yourself, like you're never gonna get yeah. hired by anyone again. Like worst case scenario, you can always go back.
1: And you when- will always
0: know that you you'll always have uh the the kind of comfort in yourself that you tried something that you really wanted to do that's how Mm. I always look at it and I think if you if you're motivated and you 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 have a real idea of that you want to achieve something and you feel confident enough that you can do it on your own then just try because you'll find that you really won't be on your own you will find a lot of like-minded people who will inspire you who will support you the community supports each other you won't feel alone um so you'll feel like you're working as part of a team a different kind of team and if if you ask me like as a mentality it's much more natural to wake up in the morning and and say okay what am I going to do like what do I need to do like what do I need to go and kill today to eat like basically on a raw like survival level it makes you feel like a human being instead of waking up in the morning going oh god i gotta to go to my fucking job again god i hate my boss i hate this i hate that you feel like a slave you don't feel like a, a free human being and whether you're male or female or anything it's you know it's just it's just it, we are wild creatures it's good to wake up in the morning and think right what am i going to go hunt today like that's that. That is a more natural way of being, in my view. So I think motivating yourself in that sense and like really connecting with your inner self, um, and just being alive. That's that's how I see it. But everyone's different. But that's that's really it. that's how I see it.
1: Well, actually, I do resonate with the, with this with this idea, though, because uh, like even as, and I would say like if you are not that of a risk taker, like again, more more about female, just. Build some assets up front. Like go get your education. Like don't give up on your education. I want I mean like there are so many successful people doing it. You don't have to like go and work for a few years. Uh build some assets so you can go back to them. So exactly what you mentioned. I think I I resonate a lot with this idea. Yeah. It's
0: um yeah, Yeah. it's just common sense. But yeah, it's (laughs) it's really it's cool. It's it's nice to it's nice to hear your your motivations um how this resonated i like i yeah i hope this was valuable to you um i think yeah. it was a useful conversation hopefully the listeners enjoyed it as well um and yeah i look forward to continue being in touch sylvia and, and i'm sure working together on stuff going forward um and yeah i really appreciate you have a have a great great rest of your week and a wonderful weekend
1: thank you same to you thank you chris keep in Take
0: care. Bye. <laughs>